Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Inspired by an actual crime and set in the streets of Las Vegas, Punching and Stealing is an action comedy vigilante movie about Sam Bransby, a young man who has become jaded and uses violence to get back his dad's stolen pension money from corporate suits under the direction of his hitman boss, played by Mel Rodriguez, and there's and this organization called the Pension Recovery Force. And I'm going to leave it there. It's a wonderful film, really fun, really great energy, lots going on, great uh, cast as well. The film is called Punching and Stealing, and we're joined today by the director and writer of that film, and that would be Ryan Churchill. Ryan, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think I gave away a little bit of the uh, the story behind the story here, and that is it was inspired by an actual crime, but how it Punching and Stealing came to be. Yeah, it's quite... Uh old, if you will. It started out as one thing and became another and became another. But uh, from a creative standpoint, I have an improv background. That's pretty much how I was, I say, how I was weaned. You know, I uh, I was just a kid that went to college in Wisconsin and then learned that Bill Murray and Chris Farley and Mike Myers and everybody had gone through Second City in Chicago. So I went there and signed up for classes and was this 22-year-old kid completely in awe of where I was point being is pretty much the improv there starts with a line of dialogue um so that's how this movie actually got started in that i watch a lot of film and one thing that's never addressed in film is there are firearms that are fired inside of rooms i never understand why anybody doesn't go wow that was really loud in here (laughs) so roughly sort of the end of the first act of the film which you saw that happens in the film like he shoot that my character shoots a gun inside of a a living room and his reaction to it, instead of it being, oh my God, I've just shot somebody, it's, wow, that's loud in here. So that, st- that line of dialogue always hung with me of like, why does it, like, that's where that came from. And then I like vigilante films. I'm a big mixed martial arts fan. Right around this time when this came about is when the Enron scandal happened. Mm. And my father was retiring. So in my mind, I kind of put that all mashed together and came up with this story of I couldn't imagine if my father retired and didn't have his pension. He's an old school factory worker. That's what they do. You know, they go, they're a journeyman, they work in a factory, they get paid well, they save up their pension and they retire at 65. From my standpoint, what they did at Enron and there's thousands of other examples of corporate fraud and, you know, it's a bloodless crime. And in my mind, that is a terrible crime to just feed upon and prey upon, you know, people's pensions. You take everything from them. So that's where this all kind of stemmed from. And, and then put my goofy sense of humor inside of that. And you come up with punching and stealing. And you're absolutely right. Just to make one comment about the, this white collar crime in the, in the circumstances we're describing, it comes at a time, the most, probably the most vulnerable time in people's lives, right? They have, they're getting ready, they're assuming they're going to be able to live for the rest of their life. 
and it's a new part of their life, which is also fraught with all kinds of anxiety. And then you throw into the mix that they suddenly now have no safety net at all. It's it's a horrible crime. To be terrifying, honest. terrifying. Yeah. yeah, and it happens. Unfortunately, it happens. And my point of view on it is that you know, sure, it gets tied up in court. You can sue, but at the end of the day, the the uh, perpetrators don't think they've done anything wrong because again it's a bloodless crime and the people are still just left really with no no compensation i i'd like to look up what happened to a lot of the people with the enron thing but i feel like they've just been left out in the cold probably well i i will take what you said in in describing your how you came to the project and and tell you it is a very cool revenge film vigilante revenge film and it's funny and the characters in it are quirky and interesting and add to this kind of, there's almost throughout the film, there's this sort of constant, just below the surface, potential for complete chaos at any moment in the film, which I which I like. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I just, it, it's my character and the way I wrote him is that it's someone that could just fly off the handle at any moment. And, you know, we all, I think we all know somebody like that. And it's, I buried it under, that's his way of dealing with the situation. You know, my character has to take care of his dad. He's angry. He's not probably sometimes is a violent person, but it comes out through his sense of humor. Like he is able to deal with the violence that he's committing with this weird sense of humor. Right. It's a coping mechanism. I I think humor is always a coping mechanism of terrible situation. So, yeah. Yeah, well, and the other thing that it does, this sort of chaos, potential chaos, also opens up a story to a lot of possibilities, right? If you don't know which direction this character is going to go, that means the story can go in just about any direction. And and so by surrounding yourself with these very interesting characters in the, in the literature as the head guy for the uh, recovery team... Uh, Mel Rodriguez, who is just such a a joy because he is he's the he's funny. He's genuinely funny and he's genuinely a genteel soul. But also he he lets you know that he's capable of just about any kind of violence. Yeah. Yeah. Mel Rodriguez. I'm a friend and a fan. I've always been a fan of his. You you probably know him from The Last Man on Earth, uh, which was on Fox, and now he's currently on uh, on Becoming a God in Central Florida, which is an amazing show on Showtime. And he's just a phenomenal actor. I mean, to be able to be real and play that character that he plays in this film, you know, I call him like Cuban Christopher Walken, is is kind of what we we call him. It's he's got this. He he came up with this dialogue. He showed up on set first day and said and just did it. And and he's like, "Is that okay?" Because it wasn't written that way it was the, the character was just written to be kind of a, a shrewd yet kind <laughs> uh head guy the head of this this underground faction and he brought this accent dialogue to him that i wasn't expecting and I, we all loved it we were like yes go <laughs> stick with it go with it whatever you want to do is fine and and it was amazing i love that description that is so apt a cuban Christopher Walken. That is a. I think that's a perfect description of him. And uh, and so and then the film opens again to sort of set this sort of uh, uh, chaos in motion. The film opens with you meeting Jen, your your soon to be girlfriend. And in the way yeah. that you meet her is again, it's just like whole. I've never seen 
a courtship quite like that one as as you as it unfolds and so she's also seems like someone just below the surface is capable of going in any direction as well so she's terrific by the way i just really liked her and this is the thing i wanted people to know this film has such a good energy there's a lot of energy going around the characters the story where it's going why it's going so keep that in mind when you when you are looking for uh, viewing opportunities, punching and stealing. But go ahead. T- let's talk about uh, Jen. Yeah, Jen, Jenny, uh, we had been friends in, in a theater company here in Los Angeles called The Spy Ants. Um, and just uh, when I wrote the character, you know, she's very intelligent. I didn't I don't like to fall into when I write female characters, I don't like to fall into the tropes of the like. Oh, poor me, poor the girlfriend. Like she's very strong in this film, which you probably saw and she's intelligent, but yet she really, you know, wants this relationship to work with my character, Sam. So, which we've all, we we all can relate to that in real life is that when we do find the one, you kind of, you tend to overlook sometimes like he's a vigilante. (laughs) You got to overlook that and you've discovered that. So, uh, it's she, and she just like is a phenomenal actress and you know I, I she she has you know she has she's raising a family now and she's she's a wonderful person and just so subtle and and I just on set Dan the co-director Danny and I uh just kind of let her you know like just be free with it you know don't don't worry about us don't worry about the words we're the writers we don't care if you mess it up and she really just nailed just this like innocent intelligence Right. And she's really, and she's unafraid to put up, she's unafraid to face down real danger we see in the film. And she's also unafraid to, to try and corral you, try to put some sort of a moral spin on some of the things that you're, you're doing and why you're doing them. So she's, she's your match in, in that regard in the film. So, which I, again, I I, I really like the, the interaction, the characters, and even to the point where the, I don't know if I want to call them henchmen. You could call them whatever you want. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> are actually pretty cool characters themselves. And even though there's this specter of violence in the film, it's dealt with, and what violence there is in the film, is dealt with, I, I don't know if tasteful is the right word, but it's done in a way that is in keeping with the spirit of the film. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was... Um intentional but also budgetarily (laughs) uh needed so you know uh yeah if we see the film you'll see like the budget just didn't allow us to have full-on you know like being able to see uh, some us shooting somebody and seeing the bullet hit with the special effects and so on and so forth so well you had some special effects in there i it's kind of a i want to say cheesy but there's it's a little bit of a it's very comic book (laughs) there you go thank you that's the word that's the better way to put it and it's but again it's in keeping with the spirit of the the film is a light-hearted film but it also the fact that you're talking about what we talked about at the beginning of our interview about this idea of white collar crime being thought of as something benign in some way it's or not 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 as harmful as it is so yeah it's it's all these kind of things work together and so i want to before we go any further i I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with ryan churchill who is the co-director i i think i misidentified you at the beginning of our interview as the director but you're the co-director along with danny parker lopez of this wonderful funny film called punching and stealing 
You're also a producer. What else did you do? You were also an editor. Oh my gosh, you did a lot of stuff here, didn't you? I did, yeah. And, and unfortunately, I just uh, I like to punish myself, but I I, <laughs> I enjoy it. I, I you know I I liked writing it, and I, I enjoy the edit process. Um, I don't enjoy the the uh, AE aspect of it. Like uh, so there's just a lot of logistics involved, but. I truly enjoy like playing with the footage and, you know, there's a lot of directors that like to edit and I, I love it. I love to just get the timing. And, and so, yeah, I had to wear a lot of hats again, but you know, it's a low budget film, but not a, not a no budget film. So I had to do a lot, which, which I didn't mind. Yeah. And, and I'll bring in some other characters. Your, your dad's great. The, the relationship you have with your brother and with your dad and there's an honesty, there's an openness. There's also, you're not afraid to to take some blows one from 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 them, uh, in terms of just the whole family. I I, I don't want. I, where did you think of this character as the way that he goes about doing his job in the way that he does it? How did that part of the character come about? Do you want to say what he does in the in the sort of execution of his job? Do you want to talk about that more yeah, specifically? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so my character's dad's pension was stolen. Yeah. So I joined this vigilante faction and we go in and, and I'm a, I'm an IT guy. So I, who also is like a Muay Thai jujitsu practitioner, which we don't really talk about. He just does it. Um, so my character goes in and steals money from people who have stolen money and then kicks the crap out of them. <laughs> There, there's a little more graphic way of describing it in the film, but yeah, it, it, it's just, you, you knock the piss out of them, as, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. My job is to. Um, <laughs> there's a little bit of a spoiler, so I won't spoil it. No, too no, much. don't, 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 don't. Yeah. If you don't want, please. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so that's. Uh, and again, like I, I don't like to fall into tropes. That's one thing I learned, like grow. I say growing up in Chicago, but like the whole improv scene there and our teachers always hit home of like okay what's everybody get what's funny or the what's the way everybody's going to approach this character so what's the way everybody approaches a vigilante character is they're all like blustery and dramatic and almost melodramatic of like we're gonna kill my character i believe is the opposite of like hey this is a it's a sunny day let's go punch somebody in the face <laughs> you know so um he almost is my my character almost entertains himself with these hits that he does. So that's the approach I wanted to take is that I didn't want to follow the tropes of hitmen that are always out there. And, you know, I think shows like Barry do a good job of that. So like, yeah. you know, it's a comedian's way of looking at a vigilante right, right. situation. And, in, and may I, I don't want to extend this too much, but in a, in a matter of speaking, you are actually, you actually are a hit man. In, in real life? No, no, I mean, oh, I didn't mean it. No, that came out <laughs> wrong. I didn't, that came out all wrong. I meant. That would be awesome. <laughs> I, I tell meant. my wife and kid. I meant literally in the commission of your job, you hit people. So yes. you are literally the hit man. So. Yeah, yeah, literally and technically. I see what you're, I'm, I, I smell what you're stepping in my. <laughs> I want to let people know that they can watch Punching and Stealing on beginning on june 2nd it'll be available on itunes are there any other platforms it'll be on or is that it's available on any vod platform that you stream so uh itunes amazon and then dvd anywhere you get your dvds target great you know great all the 
all the great places. And iTunes pre-sale is available now. So how, whenever uh, your, okay. your listeners are listening, it is available now if you search iTunes for Punching and Stealing. Uh, okay. that, that helps out indie filmmakers a lot. Uh, as a side note, pre-sale is a fun uh, metric that other other platforms look at once there you we go. go out into the world. So there we appreciate go. any iTunes pre-sales. It's, uh, as I call it, indie film. We are the small business of the film market. Yeah, well, the, yes, and uh, it's it's a shame because some of the most interesting and provocative and uh, fun films are indies, in my opinion. That's Absolutely. that's where I live. So, uh, I well, I want to recommend it uh, to anyone who uh, is listening to the sound of my voice to check out Punching and Stealing, and to your character. And I think this this uh, character or some variation on this is. Uh, I hope you're going to make more movies. I, I I don't know exactly what you got going on beyond this, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I have, a, I have a lot of more. I'm a, my mind doesn't turn off, so I'd like to use this film as a proof of concept for a series. I'd like to turn this into a, a series. I, I believe it would fit well on like an HBO or Showtime type plat, uh, home. I think you're right. I do. I think you're right. I think it's that's well. Good luck. Good luck on thank that. You. Well, Ryan Churchill, thank you so very much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. You can check it out. It's Facebook. Uh, punching and stealing film and it's on twitter you have a twitter account punching and stealing film and look for this on vod when it comes out you can pre-order it on itunes starting right now it'll be on vod uh, starting june 2nd so that's a on a tuesday so you're sitting uh, sitting at home in the middle of the pandemic it's tuesday check it out start get on it right away so uh, thank you ryan thank you so much and namaste to you today and <laughs> namaste <laughs> Yeah, thank you for having me, Mike. I really appreciate this. This is is fantastic. Appreciate it a lot. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.